Welcome to the Enchanted Ears Podcast, where we discuss anything and everything Disney. I'm Angela. And I'm Joe. Hopefully everybody had a great Thanksgiving. Yeah. Enjoyed a little uh, holiday time, time with the family, some good food. Mm-hmm. Little peek behind the scenes. We're actually recording this on Thanksgiving morning. Yes, before the big dinner, before all the tryptophan hits in. Or no tri- tryptophan, because turkey's gross. Yeah, you don't eat turkey. I eat turkey. Or stuffing. Uh, but I or will say, potatoes. I've never had a problem that I've gotten sleepy after eating turkey. I think that's more like if you just eat a lot. A lot of people like eat a lot, because whenever I sit and eat all the pies, that's when I feel sleepy. Yeah, and I'm, you know, it might be like I eat a turkey sandwich every day. And so I'm immune to the tryptophan. Maybe. I'm building up an immunity to You're tryptophan. Like microdose thing. The, the, the tryptophan. The tar- that, yeah. <laughs> it's like the people that inject themselves with like snake venom just little bits at a time so that they can. Whoa. Okay. We're not, not condoning any of this. So <laughs> pretend you did not hear any of that. We're going to quickly move past all that. Um, but yeah. So we're recording, um, recording on Thanksgiving because we're actually getting ready to go to the Galactic Star Cruiser this weekend so we will be talking all about that next week all about our trip how the star cruiser was how all that was um but you know recording this uh before we go because obviously can't record it while we are there um but you know i mean we could but it'd be a huge waste of money it would be yeah Yeah, we're just in our we're in our room just recording a podcast and not doing anything fun um but you know not really much happened in the way of disney news this week i can't honestly think of anything (laughs) news or noteworthy or memorable happening with the walt disney company i think you might want to check your your feeds again. oh hold wait hold on maybe you know what there actually was one thing bob chapek is out and bob Iger is in okay so so let me paint the picture for you so here's the picture from from my perspective so i, I have so, a question paint the picture because i have a question about this okay so the 21st was my birthday i wake up in the morning and I go on Instagram after doing my Duolingo and, you know, getting ready to go to work. But before I do that, you know, before I get out of bed, I check my Instagram and I see Carly Wiesel, who we interviewed a while back, actually posted like, this is not a joke. Bob Chapek is out and Bob Iger is in. And then I just like roll over to Joe. Yo, this is crazy. Okay. So here, here's my question with this though. So the night before... We, we had cake and everything to celebrate your birthday. We sung happy birthday to you. You made a wish. And I'm very curious. Was your wish that Bob Iger would come back? Because you woke up in the morning and you're just like, happy birthday to me. That's what I said. I couldn't remember what I said. Okay. So, so this is my question. Did you wish this to happen? You'll never know. I know. You never. This was, you, you don't tell what your wish is. Crazy, but crazy, crazy news. Apparently, this all came together really quickly. So um, we actually thought, because it is such big news, kind of talk a little bit about this uh, on today's episode. So the episode will kind of be about this pretty shocking news and shocking transition back to Bob Iger as CEO of the Walt Disney Company, and then kind of you know walk through what our thoughts of what do we think this actually means for Disney? Because I know you know when this happened, uh, it happened very late. Uh, on the East Coast, at least for us, Sunday night. So we saw it uh, Monday morning. And it it was, again, kind of like out of nowhere. It's effective immediately. You know, Bob Chapek is out as CEO. Bob Iger is coming back in. He has a two-year contract. So his contract's running through December 31st, 2024. I don't know if anybody, including Bob Iger, believes he's actually going to be done in two years because he has extended his contracts so many times before. (laughs) Um, I think two years is a pretty short period of time for him to pick a successor. 
uh, kind of a true successor to, to take over. So we'll see uh, if he lasts longer than that. But but yeah, pretty abrupt. But I know you know everybody was so excited because people have been piling on Bob Chapek. And I think to a certain extent, somewhat unfairly. I mean, yes, he's yeah. CEO. Yes, I'm sure he's involved in some of these decisions. But everything negative that's ever happened to the Walt Disney Company over the past two years is not his fault. I mean, let's yeah. be honest here. He's um, an easy scapegoat. Exactly. So People were, were very excited. You know, Bob Iger's coming back. It's like, oh, Genie Plus is going to go away. Oh, we're going to be able to park hop. Everything's going to you know go back to normal. I don't think that's going to happen. Again, he's he's got a couple years uh, on his contract. I don't think the theme parks are going to be a major focus for him. And we'll kind of get into that, uh, what we think this all means. But I don't think this is, you know, kind of the you know, celebration everybody's really making it out to be. I mean, I think it's it's a good perspective. So we can kind of, you know, start, you know, diving into this, what what we think this means. But some of the reports for why, you know, Chapek was out so suddenly was that the the last earnings call, which we talked a little bit about where the theme parks made money, not as much money as Wall Street uh, had looked for. Streaming lost a lot of money and they basically netted themselves out. Um, well streaming apparently lost a lot more than what people were expecting and apparently in the earnings call Bob Chapek kind of glossed over that fact and and really didn't seem like he had uh, a vision to kind of turn those losses around uh, Wall Street investors you know really want to see profitability in streaming now and then he announced you know layoffs and job cuts that were potentially coming which I think is kind of funny because he announced layoffs and then the first layoff <laughs> is his <laughs> job nice. yeah but but you know that so he kind of announced that as a little bit of a turnaround but it seems to be that um, you know, with that, I think he had lost the support of kind of the investment community, some of the senior leadership that they didn't think he really took it seriously enough, the losses that were occurring. Uh, and apparently the board called Bob Iger on like Friday and said, would you come back? And by Sunday, you know, the deal was done. So it was a, a pretty quick turnaround here. Uh, Bob Iger's already announced that they are re-reorganizing uh, Disney Media and Entertainment Division, which that was the division that Bob Chapek made in a reorganization. So um, they're actually going to be reorganizing that. Um, and so the, the chairperson uh, of that, Kareem Daniel, who was basically Bob Chapek's kind of right-hand man, uh, is also left the company. So there'll be a big reorganization there. And I think this is where the biggest impact is going to be, is in terms of the media, entertainment, and streaming division. I, I think based on, again, the losses that streaming's having, and how Disney has kind of, you know, hitched their wagon to streaming as the future. And that really propelled uh, the value of the company and the stock through the pandemic as streaming was ramping up. And now it's really the thing that's dragging them down um, because, again, it's losing so much money. And now everybody wants it to be profitable so quickly. I think that's where Bob Iger excels in terms of dealing with Hollywood dealing with creatives and celebrities and things like that. And streaming was kind of like his baby and, and his idea here, Disney plus. So I think that is where we're going to see the biggest changes and his biggest focus uh, is in terms of the streaming division and kind of this whole reorganization with Disney media and entertainment and getting more control back into the people that create the content into their hands versus having an you know overarching department that decides is this going to be a theatrical release is this going to be a streaming release and you know you're kind of just making these movies like Pixar they make these movies and they have no idea where they're going to be and they've had many movies not come out in theaters anymore I think we'll see more of their movies going to theatrical releases yeah this is a very 
interesting thing. And it actually, you know, brings up an interesting point that, you know, if you know your movie is going to go straight to streaming, whether or not it is something, you know, you want to do your best job. But if you know it's going to theater, I feel like that just adds another tier. Like, you know that you want it to be tip-top shape. And I feel like that that might have some sort of mental impact if, you know, people working over at Pixar were, were thinking that their movies were going to go straight to streaming. And I think that that could, you know, have drugged them down a little bit, made them feel a little less... Um, motivated to do a super great job. I'm not saying that any of the Pixar movies that came out were bad by any means, but I do think that mentally it will help them to kind of, you know, like propel them forward and feel valued again. Because I I have to imagine that the people in Pixar, and I think we've mentioned this a few times, that, you know, they seem a bit undervalued. And well, it has to be so distraught, because I think, to your point, they didn't know whether the movie's going to be streaming or theatrical release. I mean, I think they make these movies thinking they're going to be seen on the big screen, and then, you know, they, it's out of their, in their control, and they're like, no, we're just going to give this away for free on Disney+. Plus. And it's got to be so, yeah, frustrating. It's an ego. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, it would definitely bother me, and I would feel as though, you know, I was you know, the child in the class that was getting ignored, you know, like you're, you're just not getting the attention that you feel like you deserve because you're working just as hard as everybody else, but they're giving away your content for free. And that just doesn't seem fair. And I mean, this is kind of part of the issue that I see with the company because I love, I, I am not cutting up on Star Wars and Marvel, but it seems like Star Wars and Marvel get a lot of the attention. Um, and then the Disney animation and Pixar side, uh, they've kind of turned into sort of like the side projects, I feel like. Um, and that for me is where Disney really shines, whereas Marvel and Star Wars, um, they're not as exciting for me or thrilling for me. They're not really my taste as much. I like the Happily Ever After I like all of that stuff better. So I I think that, you know, it kind of, it hurts the company not giving them their due and their attention. Well, you, you bring up a, a lot of good points here. So I'll kind of talk through them. So I'll start with your last one of, of yeah, just kind of attention on Disney Animation, Pixar. I think, again, in general, all of the properties, I think what Bob Iger understands, and I think this is, again, the biggest change I think we'll see, and I think this is will be the key for who ultimately becomes the next CEO, is you need somebody who understands story creativity. That you know, Disney is a company, but Disney is also a storyteller, and as a company, they're a storyteller. So they they want you to live that story through their movies, but they also want you to live that story through just how you interact with the company. And I think you need a bigger emphasis on the creativity and these movies because that's what powers everything else. The theme parks don't power the company. Yeah. It's the content and that powers the movies, that powers the merch and the theme parks. If you make a great character, the merch will take care of itself. The theme parks will take care of itself. It all starts with story. Story is sewn into everything that they do. I mean, we've, we did an episode a while back about all the rides and how certain rides, like you don't think about Haunted Mansion as a ride that has like a, a start to end story or Pirates of the Caribbean that has a start to end story. But there is, there's a story behind all of those rides that you are going through every single time you get on that ride. And 
they do this with a lot of things. And again, like like you said, it makes it cohesive. And because it is cohesive, people sense that. And that's part of what makes it good. And then it it's become self, self-perpetuating. The merch will sell because it is so good. Well, I think you see that in the fact that as much as Disney raises prices at the theme parks and as much as they now charge you for Genie Plus and that they you know, took away Magical Express and, and everybody complains because it's true. It's more expensive. It's more difficult mm-hmm. to, to plan a trip and go to the theme parks. But still, you know, 20 million people are going to Magic Kingdom every year. You know, 10 to 15 million are going to Epcot and Hollywood Studios and, and Disneyland and all these other parks that be, they, they want to go and they're driven to go there because of the characters because of the stories because of you know what they grew up with as a child those movies those those tales they get to see that in person mm-hmm. and if you continue to have great stories and great characters again people will go like as much as they'll complain about how much it costs now obviously there's a point where it is going to become too expensive and it's going to hurt attendance you know more significantly that the theme parks will start dipping off but again people put up with a lot because it is such a magical place and i think if you start to lose that and you need somebody that sees that because if you start to lose that that's where it starts crumbling and then and then you start losing money in the theme parks and you can't cover you know your losses in streaming and merchandise sales get you know get weak because people don't believe in the magic anymore and another part of that storytelling that, you know, wasn't really going quite in the right direction whenever it was under Chapek is, you know, think back to what happened with Scarlett Johansson, where you had that issue where she wasn't being given the money that she was really due because of the Black Widow release on streaming. And so it really breached her contract. And they had that argument. I think she was actually supposed to work on, was it the the Tower of Terror I think movie? Tower of Terror. I think she's still going to. I don't know where that kind of stands with things. But that put that through yeah. all of that into question because, again, that relationship building and that story building, I mean, Disney became kind of the bad guy in that situation because it was pretty clear that, you know, they had an agreement. There was a breach of agreement. So, you know, she needed to be compensated in some way. Yeah, and she got ultimately paid in the yeah, end. Yeah, she did. So she did. The, but The other thing I, I want to mention is what, what you kind of talked about where – like Pixar and and kind of how it, it's frustrating and probably somewhat demoralizing to see all of your movies go to streaming and you know they they maybe feel you know left out or like hey we're we're kind of not seen as as good as we were. I think the other you know big thing this does and you know maybe one of the reasons why you know Bob Chapek is no longer with the company is in today's environment, and this is not just a Disney-specific issue, but this is across the board, it's very hard to find people to work at your company. Mm-hmm. Pe- people are you know, much more aware of work-life balance. They're much more aware of, I want to work at a place that gives me meaning, which I think is good. I mean, I mean... People should want to enjoy where they work. People yeah. should want to have, you know, fun at their jobs and they should want to have meaning and feel like, you know, they're adding a contribution to the world and have a good place with a good work culture. And it's very difficult to attract talent. And I think a lot of, you know, as the negativity built around Disney, there's probably the concern that top talent's going to leave. People are going to leave. I mean, there was there was reports that before James Gunn was hired over at, to run DC, they reached out to Kevin Feige and said, Hey, would you like to come over? Would you like to leave Marvel and come build, you know, a universe with the DC characters? And, and he, you know, said, no, thank you. I think he declined because I mean, he's pretty big at Marvel and that would be a Mm -hmm. huge loss, but 
I mean, the fact that they reached out to him and they thought it was a potential option that he may actually leave, I think is somewhat troublesome that you can't afford to lose your top talent and you can't afford to have kind of a a negative connotation with your culture. And, you know, I think they were starting to get that way. And I think that is, you know, something that, that plays in now that, you know, maybe four or five years ago when it matter because people didn't leave companies that often people kind of stayed where they were but but now so much of that stuff's at the forefront that you do really have to consider that and I think Bob Iger much more revered amongst the employees I think that you know people are gonna think the culture is gonna change and people are gonna now be more excited to work for Disney and the thought may be that he is able to kind of help retain some people more where maybe people are getting to the point and, and maybe that had gotten to the board that people were int- thinking about leaving if JPEG was still there. Workplace culture is is huge. And again, like you can't, as you know, just to reiterate, you might really enjoy where you are or what you're doing. But if you feel like the support and the negativity is trickling down from the top, that can poison the workplace environment. And I mean, it is really, I think that that's an excellent point just just to kind of zoom in on that, that that could be one of the major impacts of this change is that some of that negativity that was starting to trickle down and and poison that environment and potentially cause people to leave now will be stopped and they can potentially, you know, rebuild that pride in working for, you know, such a wonderful company as Disney. Yeah, I mean, I think all the negative publicity and all the past year we've heard of, you know, just complaints and, and negativity about Disney. I mean, that all goes away overnight. And now it becomes, hey, it's Disney again. And it's like, it's mm-hmm. it's all magical and everybody wants to be there. So I, I think that's a big change. So, all right. So we talked a little bit about, you know, I think the focus for Bob Iger is going to be streaming and and kind of creativity and stories. I think we'll see more theatrical releases because I think... Again, that's what probably the people that make these movies want to see, and I think Bob Iger will probably push for that. You know, f- I think we're going to see a, a bigger focus on streaming. Disney has the uh, opportunity January 2024 to purchase the 33% of Hulu that they don't own from Comcast. I think that's going to be a big thing that we'll see Hulu either you know kind of formally integrated in Disney Plus. I know Bob Chapek's original vision was to have three streaming services, to have Hulu, Disney Plus and ESPN. Plus, I think the streaming landscape has kind of changed and maybe packaging those, you know, as a consolidated option makes sense. Bob Iger's also been outspoken about how he thought Disney Plus should be priced lower than the competition to have a better, you know, price to value kind of perception. There are supposed uh, a price increase is supposed to go into effect for Disney Plus at the beginning of December. So it'll be interesting to see if if Iger goes through with that or if the price increases slow down. Because again, now you're going to start making money with it. But I think his focus is going to be on streaming and how to um, have the most value there. I am curious to see if this whole kind of Amazon Prime type membership that was talked about oh, of yeah. like, hey, you're going to get special merch benefits and early access and discounts and stuff. To me, that kind of feels like that was a JPEG thing of a way to I, I hope get more was. money out of people. Like yeah. I, I don't know that I necessarily, necessarily see Iger doing that again. I think he's going to be focused on if we make the best content, if we make the best stuff, people will come. We don't need to 
give them merch discounts or added benefits or throw something else at them. I think he's going to be like laser focused on just building the best value proposition possible. Yeah. I mean, I think that he is going to try to make sure that, you know, the daredevil uh, show whenever that comes out is, is the best it can be because that's a really successful property from over in Netflix and, you know, has a cult following. I think that he's going to want to make sure that is really good. But I think that the biggest thing, and I, we haven't mentioned this and I know that I think streaming is going to be huge for him, but I think another thing that we are going to start seeing is we are going to start getting some whispers of some things that are going to start happening in the parks. And I know you said, you know, not as much in the parks, but we have, we've said time and time again, a lot of people have said time and time again, that universal is making huge strides, building new parks. They're doing Nintendo world. It's going to really overshadow Disney because Disney is really not working on almost anything in the parks right now in the American parks right now. So there is nothing new going on. And once Tron opens, that was a pretty much the last big thing. I mean, there's the the Moana extension and Splash Epcot. Mountain, the Splash Mountain, yeah, and the redo. overhaul. But yeah. there's nothing really new coming to Disney World and Disneyland. So I think at, at least Disney World. And so I think that we're going to maybe start hearing whispers about things that have been rumored or things coming over from other places. I mean, we have Dino Land that you know there were. They had that one panel that was sort of strange where they said, oh, well, here are some ideas of what we could do with it. But it was very clear that they really had blue sky. Yeah, I mean, that was just kind of like, hey, we could throw any of this stuff here in Dino Land. But it it almost seemed to be there as almost a filler. Like, hey, we could do this, but we really have no ideas on what to do. It, It felt like they had stuff to announce that got cut last minute that they said hey we're not funding this stuff and so you got to fill this time with something else i i do think there will be more capital expenditures in the parks i don't know how quickly that's going to happen because again you have to design this stuff i mean if they have stuff ready to go maybe he can green light it and get it you know moving quickly i do think we'll see more investment and spending in the parks because uh you know bob chapek i mean he was very much known for cutting costs. And I think you know he came in there and that's what they were looking for him to do is cut costs, make the company more profitable. Again, he apparently didn't cut enough costs in streaming. You know, they, they were losing a lot of money there. I think Bob Iger is definitely one that's, he, he he's more emotional in his decisions. He's not necessarily maybe as, you know, fiscally business savvy. No, I mean, he's business savvy, but he's not maybe as fiscally responsible. So if, you know, something costs a lot of money, but he thinks it's going to, again, add to the story and add to it, I think he's more willing to green light it than just look at, say, you know, dollars and cents of things. So I think we could see some more stuff, you know, be greenlit in the parks. But again, I don't think that's the, the major focus there. I mean, you see major echoes of Walt in that, you know, Walt was always the, you know, the pie in the sky. Here's an idea that I have. It's going to cost a lot of money, but hey, you know, he was always kind of bootstrapping things and Roy was always the one kind of like well, trying to find money to do it. I mean, you look at basically all of Iger's decisions. He, he spent billions of dollars on Pixar, billions of dollars on Star Wars and Marvel. I mean, he at Fox, 70, you know, plus billion dollars. I mean, he makes these huge bets, these huge gambles. He's, he's not afraid to spend money. It usually works for him. So that's yeah, he's good. Had a, he has good instincts. Yeah, so, it allows so, it to pay off. Right. So I think, yeah, he's more willing to spend. You know, I, I have heard kind of rumors that they were getting ready to stop the park reservation system and that they were mm. they're planning to to not use that anymore um so that may be something we get announced but and i think 
unfortunately, people will then say, oh, Bob Iger got rid of Park Pass reservations. Uh, it's so great. But I, and it might not have even been. Yeah, him. I've heard that that <laughs> was kind of really in the works uh, uh, under Chapek here. So we'll see if that actually comes to fruition. One thing I am interested about, speaking of us going to the Galactic Star Cruise or the Star Wars Hotel, I think that was Chapek's idea. I think that was a big thing he pushed that that kind of came around when he was chairman of the parks and i think that was something he was really interested in of building this you know kind of like ultra high end experience and so i'm interested to see what happens with that if they expand that cuz i think the idea was hey we're going to build this hotel they created a whole division of these you know 360 degree experiences where you're fully immersed and i think the idea was to build other hotels like this so i'm interested to see if that vision progresses, like if they, you know, do a haunted mansion hotel that's kind of fully immersive like that, or if they start saying, uh, maybe we're going to cut back on this, we'll offer discounts, we'll make make it a little bit cheaper to get more people in here, and it's just kind of a one off thing. So that's the one thing I'm interested about because I think that was more of a Chapek uh, idea. So I'm not sure kind of where that fits in with kind of the new leadership here. I'm interested to see. So, you know, we talked about in the past how we were very kind of disappointed in the celebration of the 50th anniversary. We thought it was really underplayed. There wasn't as much pomp and circumstance as there should be for the, you know, to celebrate the 50th anniversary of Disney World. So when we went over to Paris and we saw their 30th and we thought it was better, they had these beautiful statues that had movement and um, that there was, it was just there more banners. overt. It was just yeah, more it was overt a lot. It was a Paris, lot more yeah. overt, and I f- I feel like you know there's been merch that's sort of been slowly trickled out throughout the year, but otherwise you know the castle got the big redo, and that obviously was really nice. I did think that the castle looked nice, but it was very much understated, and so I am curious. I mean, it is very close to the hundredth. And a lot of this, these plans have been put into motion. And I do think that there is a different kind of culture over in Disneyland and that Disneyland sometimes gets a little bit more um, than Disney World does. And so, you know, maybe it was already going to be excellent. But I am curious to see if, if it is more they are able to kind of get the gears rolling a little faster and make it even more grandiose than they had initially planned, because I think that Iger will want that to be a huge celebration i mean 100 100 years with well yeah. The company. yeah i like, mean now that he's ceo again overseeing that's that's what's interesting I mean, he's now overseeing the 100th anniversary of the company which is like you know i something he probably wanted but he didn't necessarily think he was going to do because he originally was supposed to leave uh in 2021 so he, he was not planning to be the ceo for the 100th anniversary so i, I think areas like that i think the 100th anniversary is something he can you know quickly impact because again i'm sure they had plans of what they were going to do but they also probably had additional plans that they said hey if we had x million more dollars we could do a b and c and so i think those are something that he could probably easily green light and add add to the 100th anniversary i think in the theme parks you know we're, we're getting a new show at epcot which they've already announced again i think that's something that if he wanted to make an impact in the parks you know he could say okay we're going to spend 20 million more dollars so that you can do something additional. You know, I think the, those type of things where it's kind of already in flight. And again, whenever Imagineers are in kind of flight, are you telling me they're going to bring kite tails back? Oh, I don't know. That, that, <laughs> that would be pretty great. But if they, uh, you know, Imagineers are already working on this stuff. So they have more ideas than what the budget allows. So if they get more budget, they can obviously do more immediately. And I think those are the things that could quickly have an impact. Um, again, I mean, I think, to, to your point kind of earlier, there's not a lot of rides 
in motion or attractions, you know, past Tron. Well, there's lots of rides in motion, but I think, you know, new plans new, new, for rides. Yeah, new, new attractions <laughs> or things like that. But I think even with that kind of spending, that's going to be five, six years down the oh, road. Yeah. So you're not going to see that impact. But I think like the show, the nighttime show at Epcot or the 100th anniversary, just kind of across the companies, those are things you can have a quick impact on because they're already being worked on and you just give them more money and they can just do more stuff in the same amount of time. And also, I mean, you know, we saw that the 50th anniversary lasted what? A year and a half, two years. How long was how long yeah, was that celebration? Yeah, I mean, almost two years, and that was impacted too because of the pandemic well, because of the and pandemic. everything. Obviously, but so. they could drag out the hundred a little bit longer, so you might see a lot of new and interesting things happening in the second half of the hundredth. Um, and again, a lot of that could be things that they kind of fast tracked from. Iger. Again, we won't know. It's not like you know. There's going to be a stamp on the bottom made by Chapek, made by Iger. Yeah, I mean, you're yeah, not going to know. Yeah, who did it? Um, but it is an interesting thing to at least speculate on. Yeah, I think the the last thing is around the metaverse. Bob Chapek talked about the metaverse and Disney's kind of metaverse strategy at D23 and how they saw this as you know, using Disney Plus as kind of this fully immersive thing where you can, if you can't go to the theme parks, you can basically ride all the rides virtually. I kind of feel like for now that's dead. I kind of feel like Bob Iger's not going to care about that. Again, he's got two years. He doesn't have a lot of time. He can't do everything in two years. He's got to find a successor and he's got to kind of right the ship and point Disney strategically for the next decade, 20 years. And so I think the metaverse is obviously a very trendy thing that people talk about, but I think it is five to 10 years away from when that's going to be practical. And so I think if, if you're coming in and you're just, you're, you're trying to fix streaming and you're trying to find a successor, you're not going to worry about the metaverse. So I kind of feel like that is dead for now. I could be wrong. Maybe Bob Iger loves the metaverse and he's got an Oculus and he's all about it. And we're going to have, you know, crazy Disney metaverse in the next year. But I, I kind of feel like that's not his focus. I kind of feel like he's going to be so focused on streaming and getting a successor that this whole idea of the metaverse, which again, I, I don't even know if it makes sense, like virtual reality hmm. on Disney plus it, it seems so odd. And I think again, the metaverse is just like, I feel like a trendy buzzword that, I don't know if there's any substance there yet. And I think it's probably smart that Disney's kind of looking into it just so that they're not kind of caught flat footed, you know, but I don't think it's something that you should really pour a ton of resources into. And I don't see the company kind of pouring a ton of resources into it, uh, at least for the time being. Yeah. I think that, you know, I feel like the failure sort of, of the void might be a little bit of, kind of an indication of that too i mean the void disney uh the void if for those of you who don't know was I think it's coming back yeah i'm I hoping it does back yeah um but the pandemic that was, really hurt them yes you can't absolutely. Do in person absolutely. virtual reality but i think they may be coming back now. yeah so the void was a vr experience where they created a universe so they had a star wars one that um they had star they had wars, star wars marvel. they had marveled and then also they've a, done go, like ghostbusters I oh think. yeah and then also we we did a uh wreck it ralph Wreck-It one ralph as well one, yeah so um it was really fun we really enjoyed them 
Um, and it was kind of cool to feel like you were part of those worlds. Particularly, I loved the animated one, of course, because it 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 really fits. It worked because, better. Yeah, yeah, it worked better because it wasn't real life. So then you really felt like you were actually in a video game and in a video game about video games. I mean, it just worked so yeah, well. Yeah, the Wreck-It Ralph one worked, worked really well. Yeah, that one was really, really cool. So, I mean, I, I do kind of feel like that might be an indication of how where Disney kind of stands. Like, they, they did invest in... The void. They had a location in um, Disney World. Well, and- they, yeah. So they Disney invested them as part of kind of like their incubator program. They had locations in uh, downtown Disney over in Disneyland, Disney Springs over in Disney World, and that's how they were able to kind of license Marvel and Star mm-hmm. Wars and all that sort of stuff. And then, yeah, there yeah, was one. In, did we do it in DC too? Yeah, they and they started yeah. opening them kind of all over the country. Uh, then obviously with the pandemic, malls closed. You couldn't do that, and mm-hmm. and basically they just ran out of money. And they kind of had to, to close up shop. But I, I think they went through bankruptcy. Um, but I think somebody bought kind of the rights to their technology. So I, I checked their website recently. And I feel like it said like, hey, coming back soon. So oh, I hope so. I mean, but, it was super cool. Yeah. But again, I don't know if they're going to have the Disney connection anymore. Like, are they going to be able to have yeah. Star Wars and Marvel? Or is it going to be something new? But even an original story, I mean, it's a pretty you know interesting idea i mean you could kind of do like escape rooms with it i mean it, you know the virtual reality escape rooms that always change every time you go in i mean it's a pretty interesting concept where you just have blank walls and you put on a vr headset and it's kind of this fully immersive reality uh it, it's pretty neat so but yeah i mean i i think you know that's not necessarily the metaverse i mean the idea of the metaverse is that yeah, that's, i'm just that trying. in your house like that's like if you would have that at home yeah i'm just and trying so, because the metaverse is so hard for me to comprehend to kind of think of a touch point that would be similar to that you're right. i mean disney it, it's has like that. kind of believed in that technology in the past a little bit to put some funding there but you know also they didn't they didn't really put it in the park they didn't it it went under they didn't like save it or anything i don't know i just feel like uh, yeah, I don't think that that's going to be where their priority lies. Right. And again, I mean, it's like having that in your living room. But, you know, this is all predicated on everybody having a virtual reality headset and everybody yeah. you know, like it's just I think we're a long way away from it. And again, I who knows if people are going to even want that. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it's interesting, but I, I don't see Read that as, a, as a focus point. Yeah, <laughs> I, I kind of I, I see that as being dead for right now. So so I think the other big question with this is who is going to be ultimately the successor? Who's going to be the CEO once Bob Iger's out? So there were some reports that the board of directors before Bob Iger, he wasn't necessarily the first choice, that they reached out to uh, Kevin Meyer and Tom Staggs, who were former Disney employees, once thought to maybe be in line for the CEO role, um, had since left. They started their own company, but the issue was they were going to have to acquire the company to kind of bring them back. Disney was going to Disney was going to have to acquire it. And Bob Chapek would have to sign off on that. So he was never going to sign off on bringing in a successor. That's somebody that could take over. So that was, that was out. Smart move. (laughs) Right. Exactly. So, so they weren't able to get them. So there was also reports that uh, Josh tomorrow's name was thrown out there. Who's chairman of the parks and, Dana Walden, who runs uh, Disney TV. Uh, I think she came over from Fox. I think she had uh, done a lot for Hulu. She apparently was responsible for like Modern Family and a lot of a lot of like big shows over on um, like they ran on like ABC and Hulu for Fox. So that their names were kind of thrown around uh, as well before Iger. But I guess that the board felt they weren't really ready to step into the CEO role. So ultimately, they brought Bob Iger back. So you know, I think a lot of people, uh, Disney fans at least, have kind of ta- targeted Josh Demaro 
as a potential CEO replacement, just because he's probably like the most visible executive yeah. because he runs the parks, kind of like how Chapek was. I mean, Chapek, when he was in charge of the parks, you know, D23, all the park announcements and everything, you're kind of front and center. You know, Josh Demar is front and center there. So I, I think those are potential ones. I kind of feel like Josh tomorrow maybe isn't a, a great fit. Again, going back to this, you I think you need, like we kind of talked about, like Walt, if you look at him originally, you need a storyteller. You need a visionary. And so I think Iger is going to lean, and I think it probably makes sense to lean somebody more on the creative side. So, uh, you know, Dana Walden being a creative running television, I think she is a, a potential fit. I think a name, and a lot of people I don't think – have mentioned this, but I think Kevin Feige would potentially be a great fit. I think the problem with him is they probably feel like he has needs a lot of room to grow in order to become CEO. I mean, it's 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 one thing to run Marvel Studios; it's another thing to run a two hundred billion dollar empire. A couple of years ago, they talked about him going over and producing a Star Wars movie, and then there really wasn't much about that. I almost wonder if. They did that as a way to kind of see, okay, how does he do running another division? You know yeah. what I mean? That, that, that could kind of be seen as a stepping stone of like, okay, you're doing great at Marvel. How do you do with other properties? Because if he can kind of prove himself that he can create stories and characters in other properties and not just Marvel with something he's really good in, I think somebody like that would be a really good fit. And I think Kevin Feige would make a good CEO. Again, I think he would maybe need more time. I don't know if in two years he would be ready, but I think you need somebody creative like that. And you could also make an argument that you should go back to kind of what they did with Michael Eisner and Frank Wells, where you have Michael Eisner on the creative side, you had Frank Wells more on the business side. And it was kind of like a one, two punch that kind of ran the company, kind of like a Walt and Roy, where mm -hmm. you have people focused on either end. And that may be the option too, of you get, you know, somebody that that's creatively minded, like a Kevin Feige, like a Dana Walden, who runs that side of things, and you get somebody that's more, you know, business minded, or like Josh Demaro, kind of more understanding of the parks, the nuts and bolts of the operation, and they kind of tackle it from from two different sides of things because the company is huge and very complex, and it is kind of difficult for one person to understand and manage all that and it may make more sense to kind of split it up into two roles i imagine it would be like almost akin to being president of the united states like just trying to understand all of the various inner workings and everything i mean I, that would be such a difficult job my question here is did that you know him maybe running a star wars movie did that seem to kind of quiet and we haven't really seen anything because maybe he wasn't interested like maybe he isn't interested in doing that maybe he no, wants I think to he's stay really focused. interested i think he's really interested in and i think what happened was is all of the star wars movies that they announced like there was at one point like three or four different people working on star wars movies taika with tt was was oh, working on one right. foggy was going to produce one ryan johnson was going to produce a new trilogy and i think because the the later movies didn't do as well and the Disney Plus shows have done well, I think they've turned their focus to we're going to make more episodic content and kind of wait on the movies. And so I think a lot of that stuff got pulled. So I think that's why I don't think it was a lack of interest on him. But that's, that's my pick. I'm, I'm throwing that out there now. I think Kevin Feige would be a, a great CEO of the Walt Disney Company. Again, uh, he's somebody that's creative. He's somebody that understands story somebody that understands character, and I think he would be a great person to lead the company. 
he's not one that's talked about because I think he's not seen as kind of a, a seasoned business executive, um, but I definitely think he could grow into that role. Yeah, I, I almost wonder if somebody like him and like this um, Dana Walden lady, you know, I pulled up her Wikipedia page. I mean, she she went to Harvard. She has like a business degree. She's very savvy. And then she's seen success at Hulu since she's taken over. I mean, The Handmaid's Tale is a huge hit. Only Murders in the Building is a huge hit. So a lot of shows have kind of blossomed underneath her watch so I wonder if maybe she could handle like she has that creative mind so she can collaborate well with like a Feige type where she they could kind of bounce ideas off of each other and collaborate but then also she could kind of be you know the business arm as well and kind of keep sight on you know some of the other things that maybe he will be not as as good yeah at. i mean as much as i dream kevin feige i don't think it's gonna be him <laughs> i i think hey, i'm just playing your game yeah, i think more realistically i think uh you know dana walden probably makes more sense i think the other uh kind of interesting point here is uh peter rice who was a, a big time producer uh as well at disney got fired kind of unceremoniously uh, by yep. chapek a few months ago i think there were where was talk that that was because he was seen as a potential rival to chapek so mm-hmm. i think it'll be interesting to see if he comes back um, pretty quickly here to the company if Iger brings him back then he could kind of be uh, another horse in this race as no. a potential successor <laughs> uh, you know C- CEO here as well so um, because I think a lot of people thought he was ready uh, to kind of begin with before and I think people thought that was kind of one of the reasons why he was let go so abruptly so I, I think more realistically that's who you're kind of looking at but I think yeah having more of a creative person lead the company makes a lot of sense long term because I think that's when you've had the most success in the company with Walt with Michael Eisner with Bob Iger they're all creatives they're all kind of visionaries that push things forward I mean obviously Walt made the company you know Michael (laughs) Eisner created the whole resort empire that is Walt Disney World he was kind of the visionary that said we need to build hotels we need to build and develop all this stuff with shops and food and everything and make this a destination and then Iger with the visionary of we need to own all the stories, all the IP. So we're going to buy Pixar. We're going to buy Marvel. We're going to buy Lucasfilm and have all of that in-house Fox now and have all that because that's the key. Owning the IP is the key. That's what keeps, again, you have good stories. Everything else takes care of itself in the company. You're going you're gonna to buy all the merch because they have all your favorite characters on it. You know, yeah. you're not going to buy the merch because it's Disney or because it's cool merch. It's, you know, if they throw, if they throw Pua on a shirt, you're buying it. I mean, Winnie the Pooh, maybe, but Pua. Oh, I heard poo. If no, they threw, Pua. I thought you were making a joke that they could throw no. poo on a shirt, and I would buy it. And no. I was like, well, Winnie the Pooh, yeah. Pua. If they throw poo on the shirt, you're buying it. You know, I mean, like that's yeah, just that's, that's what true. it is. I mean, if they throw Madame Leota on a shirt, no, for I like Halloween, hey, hey. You're on, yeah, hey. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I like, like both of them. They put hey on a shirt, you're buying it. Doesn't really matter what the merch is. You'll buy anything with it. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. not. You know, generalized, not you necessarily. You're not going to buy everything with Hey Hey on no, our house. I will buy everything. Our house isn't covered in Hey Hey merch, but that would be so cute. I want a little Hey Hey to like, you know how people have the little butlers inside of their house, like back in the day. I want a little Hey Hey. Oh, Wouldn't that be so? That's like a Just, little plate on his head. Yeah, no, he could put it. Well, he could be on his head or on his. Like, I feel like he would have it somewhere really awkward. I don't know. I guess a head would probably. Yeah, because he's short, so you kind of need it. You need it up a little bit higher. Yeah. Um, but again, if they made that. This is exactly what I'm saying. If they made that something so silly as like, yeah, one of those like little butlers, you know, that those people have <laughs> just like a butler standing with a tray. If they made a hey, hey, with a tray to like throw your keys and stuff on, 
you're buying it. You know, that's, yeah. that, that's my point. My point is and because they own that, you're going to buy it. And it that's would, the key. It would very quickly turn into a cat tree, though, that it would, would get knocked over. Hey, the cats hey, cat tree sounds like a great yeah, idea. Yeah, that's a cute idea. I D- like this idea. Disney needs to start making character cat trees. Yeah, collaborate with Chewy and make uh, the character. We have, a, we have a Winnie the Pooh knocked over honey uh, pot for our cats. Oh, that's a little it's cat a, bed. Yeah, yeah, it's a little cat yeah, bed. But yeah, but little cat trees with with characters on it but that exactly that that's my point is it's it's kind of all goes back to the characters the story so i think you yeah, having a, somebody who understands that lead the company makes a lot of sense long and the term. cats would really love the feather tail okay i'm done with the cat okay. tree thing i'm done it's a good idea though it's isn't def- it though? definitely a good idea so all right well, that wraps up the show for this week i want to thank everybody again for listening uh, make sure you tune in next week we'll have our full recap on the galactic star cruiser what that was like uh for the two-day experience two and a half day experience at the star wars hotel we'll kind of cover all of that in detail so be sure you're subscribed so you get notified as soon as that episode comes out and if you've not done so please leave us a rating or a review it really helps and we really appreciate it thanks for lending us your ears have a great week everybody and we'll see you here next monday bye-bye